Welcome to the Wags of SEI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Polly and Brooke Paget. Both our partners are quadriplegics, and after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. So you must be thinking, what is the goal with this group? Our goal is and has always been to establish and nurture a strong network of women around the world who understand and support one another while navigating the SCI life. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission with this podcast is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspective. So join us each week as we tackle deeper discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the WAGS of SEI podcast. Here we go. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases. And they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life, and a purpose. They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally okay. Wish Our Brain and Spine Law is proud to support WAGS of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can, because she wants you to live your life and not your claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the WAGS of SCI sent you. This podcast is brought to you in part by Megan Williamson, head coach at Ocean Rehab and Fitness. Live life with an SCI and looking to improve your fitness? Or maybe you're finished rehab and want to take the next step in strengthening your body. Megan Williamson at Ocean Rehab and Fitness now offers online adaptive training programs and one-on-one coaching to individuals around the world with spinal cord injuries. Visit www.oceaninsiderclub.com for more information on how you can get started on achieving a stronger you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode with the Wags of SEI, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Today, we have a special guest, as we do every day, but she is one of our Wag of SEI uh, social ambassadors, and we've known Laura for quite some time. Her full name is Laura Yanez Aguirre, and she is a former television news anchor and reporter turned wedding and lifestyle videographer. Laura is married to her high school sweetheart, Aaron, 
who is a cervical 345 incomplete quadriplegic. They're now parents raising their son Cruz and two pups in their hometown of Palm Springs, California. So welcome today, Laura. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on. Honestly, when you guys first released your very first podcast, I had chills. So to be on this end of it now, I'm so excited and honored. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. We're so happy you're here. We are so happy to have all of our listeners on today. It's going to be another juicy episode. And of course, we're dying to know your perspective of what life is like of the wife and girlfriend of somebody with a spinal cord injury. So thank you. Ooh, of course. Yeah, thanks, Laura. So um, I know from my experience, you were one of the first women that I started following on Instagram um, that was a quote quad wife um, a few years ago. And I was so inspired by your content because your photos were so beautiful. And then I realized, oh, she's a photographer, videographer, lifestyle girl. I was like, oh, this is amazing. So you're really, really inspiring to a lot of women. Um, You've done a takeover for us in the past. And yeah, you're just you're just someone that we look up to. So thanks for coming on. Thank you. Right back at you. You guys have made such an incredible community where I'm even trying to remember how I got in contact with Wags. I can't remember if someone tagged me or I just came across your page on the For You page on Instagram, but it's been life-changing since. So Thank you. And I'm happy to be here and happy to and proudly to be a WAG. Well, we just think it's so important to feature um, just like real, real life real stories. Life stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so important because it's just like, you know, you hear about podcasts all the time with these guest celebrities or people that, you know, have written books. But it's like, you know, we feel so much value in the women that have the real lives in our community and the ones that have actually, you know, had the struggle and made it through the struggle and continue to like, you know, battle the curveballs that come our way with grace and, and resilience. And it's just really important. So we wanted to start off, we were doing this new segment now, it's called on the spot. And we wanted to put you on the spot, Laura. So (laughs) we wanted to ask you a couple of questions just so that our listeners can get to know you on the spot. Um, You can answer with one word answers, keep it short, we're going to go through 10 questions and just kind of get to know you a little bit better, but break the ice a little bit. Is that okay? Okay, sounds good. All right. That's right. Cue the music, Brooke. (laughs) (laughs) So our first question today is, we are all dying to know what is your current cell phone wallpaper? Ooh, our cell or our cell phone wallpaper. My cell phone <laughs> wallpaper is one of it's myself, my husband, and baby cruise. It's from our holiday photo shoot back in November. And where were you guys on this holiday photo shoot? Um, I tried to do something like really cool in Palm Springs, but it turned into being at, at the, our neighbor's cul-de-sac, like just against a brick wall. <laughs> um, with a baby a wheelchair a caregiver and our pups I I was like okay this isn't gonna happen we're gonna walk a house over and take some photos against a wall and that's that this isn't part this isn't part of on the spot but do you um do you use a tripod or does your caregiver take the photo and you just set it up um, we had caregiver trying to make baby smile. And one of my best girlfriends was trying to just take a couple photos for us. And then I edited them. Oh, so, cool. No tripod. Cool. 
Awesome. Okay. Second question. What is your favorite date night activity? Ooh, we just like to go to dinner. I wish we had something cooler, but (laughs) our date nights are dinner. Gotta eat. You gotta eat. Gotta eat. Next question. What wild, crazy activity do you wish to try one day? Ooh, skydiving or something really cool like that. Do you think Aaron would do it? Oh, yeah. He's the one who he hates water, like going out on the ocean, anything similar to that, like any cool like boat rides. So he's all about air and jumping out of things. So he he would love to do that. Oh, my gosh. Brave guy. And now it's like, (laughs) will I be up for doing it? Who knows? I'm like, bye, Aaron. You jump out of the plane. I'm going to stay in here. But you looked awesome. (laughs) You can take the photos from above, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Okay, (laughs) next question. Very important. In and out or McDonald's? Ooh, in and out. We don't consider in and out fast food. We're like, that's no, it's they make the potato fries right there. Like, no, it's not fast food. That's our really? healthy version. We yeah. don't even have one. Canada does oh, not have in and out. You're well, gonna have to ship when some you come to, to California. No, yes. come to California. It's like our first, <laughs> it's literally our first stop when we drive through there. Is like the, the first one is on the outskirts of California in Oregon, and it's just like in and out. Okay, <laughs> that's yep. funny. So we know that you are a wizard and wear many hats, but what are two things that you consider yourself particularly very good at? Ooh, um, I love capturing stories through video. So videography, of course, and that's a good thing. I guess that's what I do. And very good at, um, I'd say I'm very proud of being a mom. And just being able to like adapt to that has been just such an incredible experience. Hopefully hopefully that's okay, but (laughs) you go mama. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like the real me. So that's really good. And we'll get into more of that later about your motherhood story. Um, Next question is what does the word mindful mean to you? A mindful, that would mean just being, almost un- just understanding of someone else and someone else's emotions and needs and kind of respecting that and adapting to that. Awesome. Very good. Yeah. So good what it, <laughs> Hey, we had to really think about these. We knew you're, <laughs> you're a news anchor. You're a, you're a pro. <laughs> so what is the best book you've ever read? Oh, you know what? I'm not really much of a book reader. I'm so sad to say that. I just dive into movies. So the best book. What's oh, the best movie you've ever watched? Yeah, what is the best movie? Now I want to know. <laughs> oh my gosh. You'll laugh. I don't even want to say like the best movie, but my favorite movie is The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's, yeah. That is such a, that's one of those movies that every time it's on, you're just, you just have to watch. Like, seriously, yeah. that's what I find anyways. I'm I like, oh, I didn't on, record it. <laughs> yeah, I bought it the other day on Amazon Prime because on Prime Video because I just, I'll be getting ready for bed. And I'm like, well, let me just put on Devil Wears Prada and uh-huh. <laughs> I so can watch awesome. it every day. Yeah, that's great. Okay, next question. Lake, ocean, or mountains, if you had to choose? Ocean. Awesome. What is your favorite season? 
fall. I love fall. Heck yeah, girl. Me too. Same. I like fall fashion and I like that it's like not too cold, not too hot, but it's like, you can still wear your boots, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and for us in the desert, like fall doesn't start until it's probably like technically winter, but <laughs> November. Um, I love fall. There's just something in the air. You can just sense it, feel it. Mm, it's cozy it. right you cozy have ex- you have an excuse to kind of like hermit and not <laughs> see anybody which is like perfect for what we're going through with this pandemic anyway so that the transition is kind of cool um and then you get to drink tea you get to have candles like the cozy mm-hmm. blankets the sweaters yeah your playlist changes to sweater weather playlist <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know just all the holidays are right around the corner and that's the best yeah, feeling the family stuff right like thanksgiving mm-hmm. i love it and then also you're a photographer videographer so you probably really like the light that happens you know the golden yeah. hour during mm-hmm. fall i freaking love that i love like seeing that like fall lighting and through the trees oh it's like magical bro mm-hmm. your golden hour is all year round <laughs> <laughs> that fall frame. that's a good thing <laughs> all right next question a uh, beach vacation or a culture trip? Ooh, beach vacation. Cool. That's really cool. Well, thank you for participating in our on the spot. We're, um, we know it's a little bit um, interesting to answer questions <laughs> to break the ice, but hopefully, you know, our, our listeners got to know a little bit more about you. So now do you want to, let's get into how you met your partner. Cause you guys have such a cute story. And I, you know, a lot of the listeners right now, if you haven't seen Laura's um, video that she made on her Instagram page, yeah, it's like a composite of like, all these different clips of their life and just like kind of their story from like the beginning till now. And I'd highly recommend it. Go check that out on her Instagram page. And get um, your tissues. Bring your yeah. tissues. <laughs> yeah. Because you will not get through past the point where you're like, I've decided to leave news anchoring. <laughs> and then it's like water work. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's been an emotional ride, but such an incredible story. Like I think, I love being able to share our love story because it's something that I get excited about. I want to cry about. I just feel like all the emotions about it. Um, But we actually ended up meeting in middle school. So Aaron was about 11. I think I was 12 and he was in sixth grade. I was in seventh grade. We met at a local bowling alley in Palm Springs through mutual friends. And we had a friend who was like, Oh, I want to like set you guys up. You guys would be so cute together. And Aaron and I had immediately been attracted to each other. I think at that age, like we weren't even saying any words to each other, but a crush had already started and we ended up, I, well, actually I ended up saying to my friend, no, like he's too young. He's in sixth grade. I'm in seventh. He goes to our rival middle school. No way. So nothing happened from that. And then fast forward, um, we had like random encounters. Um, we'd see each other at the movie theater. We had, we'd been on a date with other people and sat at the same booth. And this was probably a year or two later. And then finally, when we got to high school together, he was a freshman. I was a sophomore. We were finally at the same school. He was just standing there in the hallway and I, said, I should go say hi to him. But I chickened out. I didn't. I thought he's not going to remember me. And 
just so happened that week ended up being when his accident happened. And he ended up breaking his neck at wrestling practice. They were doing a human pyramid, just goofing off. And it ended up collapsing. He was on the second level, tried to somersault out of it, landed on his neck, broke his neck. And I was actually leaving school that day and saw the ambulance just fly by. And I immediately thought, oh, no, like my brother, my brother's at wrestling practice right now. Next day, turns out it was Aaron. And I wanted to go to the hospital. I wanted to go like visit and just like be supportive. But again, I hadn't. I hadn't known him since seeing him at the bowling alley and those encounters that we had since. So fast forward to six months after his accident, we ended up being at a mutual friend's house. All all of our friends were swimming. I was in the pool and Aaron was fresh out of his accident, sitting there in his wheelchair, strapped in, hardly any mobility. And I just felt you know, called to go speak to him and called to just connect with him. So he wasn't sitting there on his own. And I got up and I said, do you remember me from the bowling alley? However many years ago. And he said, yeah. And, you know, we got to talking and I ended up writing my MySpace URL on a pizza box and ripped it off on the cardboard. And I gave it to him and we started talking on AOL, Instant Messenger, MySpace, and fast forward from there. Um, It took a little bit of time for us to get out of the friend zone. I kept putting him there just, you know, nervous about him being in a wheelchair and me just not knowing how to have like my first boyfriend in general and then to have someone in a wheelchair just was uh, something that I, I, I didn't know how to take on at that age. So at, we were both 15, 16 years old, and sure enough, this guy like just did not give up. He kept convincing me, like, you're going to go on a date with me. Uh, there were other guys in the picture trying to chase after my heart, and he's like, nope. He knew he, knew he was the one, and we started dating um, probably technically about like six months after and we, the rest is kind of history. We dated throughout high school. We ended up having a little breakup in college um, just to kind of figure out ourselves not together in a relationship. But we honestly stayed in touch and stayed, continued to date each other. We could not just leave each other's lives. Like I, the day we broke up, I was the one who initiated it and I just sat there and bawled and I couldn't even leave his house. I ended up staying there because that's how much I knew. I just, this person is my person, but we need to just figure out what life looks like, grow on our own. And then I moved back to Palm Springs and so did he, because we had both gone to Arizona State University. And from there, we, we, you know, had our little breakup in college and then got home reconnected officially and we were together from oh it's been I think since what over 15 years now so it's just been a long lengthy story Um, and we're just so excited to we got married in 2016 and from there we end up having our son in 2019 and 
we're just excited that we're able to just continue this love story and continue to grow now together and now with our son. Wow. It just, it's, see, it's just such a great story because we all remember what it was like to be young women in high school. Like, I mean, it's hard enough factor in the like, you know, disability, not knowing yourself. And it's just the fact that you guys took that break to like, get to know yourselves a little bit more and then, and then eventually made it back to each other. It's just so, it's just kind of, it's just really inspiring because it just shows you that it doesn't really matter about the disability. It doesn't matter about the hardships of life. If you're meant to be with someone, you're meant to be with someone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, I, and we tried, we tried just having that time apart. I had gone on, you know, several dates and Aaron, I would literally get home and call him and tell him about how horrible it was. And he knew like he was just waiting for me to not be afraid of us being together and us having a life together. And it's such like a strange thing to say. And we even talk about it. We're like, oh, that was such like a weird time. But it was the time that we needed. We needed that space to just emotionally and mentally grow. Uh, But again, we couldn't stop talking to each other. We couldn't stop loving each other. I love how you say, you know, through it all, you're like, this person is my person. And I think that is the biggest, you know, Brooke and I talk about this all the time. We talk about this always through, you know, beginning of WEGS is like what what Brooke was just saying was it's not about the chair. It's not about the disability. It's about knowing, you know, who your soul is tied to, who you're meant to be with. So I really love that you say that. And it's so honest, right? Sometimes I feel like, you know, that connection where people say age is just a number. Like if you meet, like, I don't know, I have an, an upstairs neighbor who's like 91 that I'm like, this person is just so cool when you're able to see beyond the physical and just truly connect with somebody on, you know, that soul spiritual level. I love that. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Um, I know there's a few women that are members of our group that are in high school. There's not many, but there are a few what would you, what advice would you give to them um, knowing what you know now about yourself back then? Oh, I would just say, get connected with WAGS. That's something that I wish I had. And Elena, I know you've said this before, like, this is the support group we never knew we needed. And I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that at such a young age. So like, I get it for you. If you are in high school, it's such, and even in college, go like you're trying to figure yourself out but at the same time you're trying to love this person who you care about but at the same time you're running into like for me I had I almost felt like I was dating two different people within one person I was dating Aaron who was you know newly into his quadriplegic life and then I was also in this like um, I had this imaginary idea of what we should be doing, what we would be doing, how he'd be playing football because he was just like an absolute stud of an athlete before his accident. So I imagined all these things. I was on cheer. He, you know, would have been on the football team. Um, It's just one of those things where you emotionally just feel alone. Like, and it, I don't want anyone to feel that, but I know that I did, I felt torn because I didn't want to make, I didn't want to prove people right when they said, Oh, that must be so hard or the different comments that we often get. And then on the other end, Aaron's family, of course, so supportive. 
in it with him. I didn't want to let them down. I didn't want to seem weak. So who do I go to? Who do I go to to express what I'm feeling? And I don't want to make Aaron feel bad. I didn't understand or know where to go. So I just, you know, I smiled. I tried to just make everything feel and seem like lighthearted and perfect. And that's not possible. (laughs) That's not possible. You go through so many waves of emotions and it could be very lonely. I would be at school dances and I would sit in the corner and cry during the slow ones and try not to let Aaron see it because I wanted us to be out on the dance floor. And we Mm -hmm. both weren't, we both weren't quite comfortable yet. Like, Oh, let's get out there. Like who cares? We hadn't quite figured that out for ourselves just yet. That comfortability with life in a chair and being a partner with someone in the life with someone who is in a chair. So I think think just being able to like reach out, find, find the people to talk to or find, um, you know, finding therapy, whatever you need and being open with your partner, because you guys are going through this together, no matter what your age is or, or what life looks like for you. It's you and your partner, but again, your partner is not your therapist and your family and your friends are not your therapist. So it's important to find what you need, prayer, um, self-care, what you, if that goes for all of us, it doesn't even matter if you are in high school or not. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it can be very lonely. at such a confusing life and you're trying to decide what do I have coming up for life? Like, what is this life going to look like? I'm trying to figure out what colleges I'm going to. So things that should be fun and playful, it's very easy to feel heavy at the same time. Well, it's a very, it's a very big decision, right? I, I, you know, I mean, you're young, you're trying to figure out your life, but also when you're putting in medical, you know, complications and, and new, I guess, physical disabilities into that mix. And you're all of a sudden growing up really quickly, you know, like you said, you're supposed to keep it pretty playful. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're, you're learning materials of a nurse and a doctor on top of navigating your own life and your relationship. So those are some very good points you're making there. And I really like what you said about uh, how, what you thought your life was supposed to look like. Like, I feel like that's so key, especially with how we're struggling nowadays with COVID and isolation and nobody knows what the world is going to be like. Nobody knows what their life's going to be like. And kind of that struggle to like get to a place where you just kind of relax into it and what will be will be is so hard. I know it's been hard for everybody, but like, I feel like what you said about just, you know, this is what I thought my life was going to be like. And then it totally took a different turn. And like having to figure that out while you're so young, it's just, it's, it's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where I didn't even realize at the time completely that is this the life, like, this is a life that I am choosing. It's not my partner and I were together. It's we're young we have so much life to live. Like how, how I think that's where I was constantly conflicted and I didn't quite fully realize that at the time is what does this life look like? How are we going to have our first dance at our wedding one day? How are, how is he even going to propose get down on one knee? Are we going to be able to have kids just trying to imagine that at 16 years old? That is, it's a lot. It's a lot. 
And some very real questions there too, right? Mm -hmm. I think Brooke and I will talk about this often as how society kind of like gives us these social constructs that we have to follow. And if we are not able to follow within those cookie cutter molds of, like you said, getting down on the one knee to propose, then you kind of, you know, you almost can't imagine it until you start living your life and you start Mm -hmm. to create new norms and create new fun activities and see that life is possible without having to to do things that are you know socially acceptable or norm Mm -hmm. normal so I love that I love your story and we are so excited to have you here and and learn more about Aaron and Cruz if you um so when you went into news anchoring I want to know the big question of why why did you leave being a news anchor Um, I had gotten to a point, I'd been in news for about five years and I, for so long, even in college, that's the major I chose was journalism. And I just constantly felt like I was battling this decision of why I wanted to do it. Like, was this my dream? Is this something that I just chose? And, you know, I, I ended up finding like talent within it. And then I didn't want to let anyone down. I didn't want to even question this amazing career of being on TV, whatever thoughts people might have about it. Um, but I got to a point where I was just burnt out from it. It was, it wasn't for me. Ultimately, it wasn't for me, the breaking news, you know, the tragic stories, but I did love connecting with like my viewers and the people whose stories I got to tell. And it's so interesting because I felt that with Aaron for so long, I had been on his case of you need to go to school or this is a path that this is the the society's path that you need to be on. And Aaron is just so lighthearted, easygoing, just wants to like live life, be happy. And I found myself at some point, there's a turning point where I admired that more than me being miserable at my job. I'm like, what is it? Like, what can I do? How can I um, take a passion that I ended up loving parts of. Like I love the storytelling. I love being able to capture through video, but I had also for so long just adored and admired wedding videographers, wedding photographers. And I kept thinking one day I'm going to do that one day. And I'm like, why don't I do that now? Like I've been saving my money. I lived with my parents at the time um, in Palm Springs because I worked at the local news station there. I don't want to just keep moving on this path that isn't for me. It's, it was to, to make my mentors proud, my family proud, um, my community proud because I was reporting in my hometown and anchoring there. So it was always so fun for people to have that connection when they turn their televisions on. But I had to put that all aside and say, this is my life. What do I need? What do I want? Um, is is this, it just started like to break me down emotionally and physically. And it was kind of wearing and tearing on me in this debate of, do I leave? Do I stay? And then I just ultimately decided, okay, I'm going to take this leap of faith. I already, you know, I bought a camera, a Canon camera to just start recording. I did one wedding for a cousin. And from there, after five years, I said, okay, um, it's hard, but I just need to do it. And if I fail, I'd rather fail taking that leap and fall versus just staying complacent where I'm at and 
not being happy and not living this life that could be me actually living my dream. So now I'm kind of in that place whenever someone wants is torn or wants to leave a job that maybe they don't love. I'm always probably not the right person to talk to because I'll say, leave it, go do what you want. Go do what you need to fulfill your heart and your passion. And that it takes a lot of guts and a lot of bravery. And I love that you said that, especially being so young that you can always, it's never too late to reinvent yourself. You can always, always start over. Well, and I feel like that's a big thing in our community of whites in general is like, life is like, you realize that life is just too short. You might as well be doing what you really are called to be doing, even if it's scary. And like, I'm sure a lot of us know, and we have seen those signs in our own lives of like, when you take a leap of faith to and follow your heart, the best things can come out of it. Like, I was having a discussion with my husband the other day about how getting to that place where it's like, you look back and you realize, wow, everything really does happen for a reason to help you find your best self if you want it to like, and it's just crazy looking back at all these things in your story and how it's led you to the place where you're at now, which I'm sure you wouldn't change for anything, right? No, and I I think making those decisions, that's something Erin and I are really trying to focus on is what works for us. We're both the babies in our family, the youngest. Um, So we, I think, have kind of just had always adopted that, okay, like what, what can we do to make everyone happy, what's convenient for them, what will make everyone proud versus now we've started our own family. We need to decide what makes us happy, what's fulfilling to us. And now our son, how is that going to reflect for him? How are we going to create that model for him to, to follow his dreams and to take those leaps and we've had a lot to grow through and it's been great. And I feel like the best decisions have been the ones that we have taken the time for ourselves to decide for us and for us as individuals. Yeah. And that's not selfish. I mean, a lot of people think, Oh, thinking about yourself, thinking about yourself. No, it's like you only live one life, like together, you're making the best decisions for your family. Um, I know that we kind of wanted to ask you about your journey to having your son. Um, Cause it's, it is pretty inspiring. I know we know the details, but we, we want to ask you like, what was your journey to having your baby boy? Um, I know there's a lot of wags that are trying to conceive. There's a lot of wags that, you know, the women do things very differently in our community. Some will do IVF. Some are lucky to do it naturally. Some uh, do surrogacy. What was your, and feel free to get into it as uh, in as little detail as you want um, or as much as you want. Um, what was your journey as far as uh, having your son? Well, we had known, we are definitely, we are definitely family people. So we knew we want a family Aaron was ready to have kids probably even before we're married. (laughs) He's like, let's do this. But we just kind of went into this as we are prepared if we need the help through IVF. We are prepared and excited if we can do it naturally. We just know, like, let's start trying. So we'd been married a year um, and we decided a year later in October of, what would that be, 2018, we would just kind of try and not even say that we were trying, not tell anyone, just kind of keep that to ourselves, not put any pressure on it. 
And we had, it had taken probably about 10 years or so to find different tools that work for Aaron because with his, with him being in a chair and him not being sure what works consistently, he tried, you know, different pills, different, um, little drinks that could help, you know, help him perform. And he ended up finding, uh, it's called like the black rhino. <laughs> it's, um, Ooh, like a tell little us more. Little tell us more. <laughs> yeah, we're both sorry. Yeah, I'm probably diving into like more details. Um, so correct me tell if us. I need to. No, tell us all. <laughs> yeah, we all want to know the um, real, the real st- stuff. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so he ended up finding it looks just like a little energy drink from a, a like a nice lingerie sex shop boutique um, in our in our Palm Springs area. And that ended up helping him perform. And he was proud of that. And then we also just needed help to he, he couldn't just naturally get there. So we had to just try different tools and we ended up just searching on Amazon. Oh, excuse me. We ended up searching on Amazon. We found like a deep tissue massager, even from Brookstone, um, which is like a massage massage tool chair company. And we just kind of experimented. We experimented with different products and we ended up finding what worked for him. And, and ultimately it was a deep tissue massager, but it did take some navigating and some practice for me to help that happen and then help, (laughs) help him release within me, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is that that what you guys did? It's like, cause a lot of people, they do it like, um, into a cup and then use like a syringe. No, I felt like a crazy, cool acrobatic gymnast where (laughs) I was trying to multitask. So most women, I'm sure, have to have to be on top or whatever you decide. And that's what we figured out worked for us is trying to. Okay, he takes his, um, you know, his supplement before we just kind of prepared for date nights, tried to make you know, again, no pressure, but just have fun with it. Have fun in the baby making Mm -hmm. process. And it worked where, you know, I just kind of navigated him, my, you know, him into me and using the massager and just being able to make it work that way. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm probably just putting like a big visual no, this is really, really good. Right now. Visuals are good. This and is what we need. We good. need to visualize how this happens yeah. because, you know, no, but people this might really want to try this. Yeah, yeah I mean, so that's you... on like the physical side of it. Yeah. For me, I decided, okay, what can I do to help with our chances? And that was downloading a fertility tracking app. So I got the Ovia fertility app on my phone. It, you know, you plug in when your last menstrual cycle was and it tells you when your next one is and then it shows you your fertile window which is the time where the app is really funny it encourages you like get to baby making like go have fun (laughs) yeah so you have several days within that window to try and see our what could work you know this is so it's so helpful that you're saying this because a lot of women 
they don't even know about these apps. Like a lot of women don't even know that there's like more fertile days. Like mm-hmm. it's, this is super helpful. So thank you. Yeah. So we did the app. Um, I also ended up buying fertility tracking strips just from the local pharmacy. You can get them and um, it's same thing. You just like pee on a stick and from there. So I used the app within my window. I decided to use the fertility tracking strips to see, okay, you really are ovulating. Like don't just rely only on the app. And we're like, okay, let's, let's give it a shot. And sure enough, probably about, probably took us about seven months and we decided like, let's go to Vegas. We're going to, we ended up buying a, a dog who we found in Vegas and brought while we were there, made a little, um, we called it our baby moon because we were bringing a new pup into our family. And sure enough, it, that happened to be during my fertile window and the last day of my fertile window, actually, which it says, usually that's kind of like the less likely time that you'll be able to conceive, but it ended up being perfect for me. Like that ended up being the like perfect little um, time slot. And (laughs) we made a baby in Vegas. And I loved, like, I laugh at the story because we were able to just go have fun, kind of get out of the comfort or the the medical side of things at home and just go enjoy each other. And it worked. That's interesting. And that that'll be so helpful to other women because I know there's so much stress uh, for a lot of women in our community about conceiving and it's just so stressful and there's so much pressure put on the guy and the girl and it just becomes a mess. And it's funny that you said that because that is like, we consistently hear that from women who have had success naturally is that you just have to relax. Like you have to place importance on relaxing and going with the flow. So that's like really inspiring. Can I ask you a question about um, his ejaculation? And you don't need to get too much into it, but um, I'm wondering, did he have like, did he take some time to get used to ejaculating? Did he have headaches? Did he have AD? Um, Did he have any sort of side effects or, or was he fine? No, he did. The first several times, mind you, it took about maybe 10 years for us to actually get him to ejaculate and find what worked for us. So that once we finally did, it was huge. Wow. Um, but when we did, we we didn't even think that there would be any side effects if we were to ever even be able to do that. And yeah, he got like massive headaches the first several times and it probably has really only happened maybe a handful times. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that he just tries to take care of himself in general through like, especially if he knows things are going to go down. Um, he will make sure to drink like plenty of water, make sure to eat well throughout the day and make sure he's caffeine, just taking care of himself to try to help alleviate that. But he is very much like a supporter and encourager of keep trying, keep practicing at it. Like it sucks when, if you do get a headache, but just the more you do it, the easier physically it is on him. Mm -hmm. That's something that broke you. And I learned from Leslie at um, the i sexual health clinician um, from their office is that, you know, your penis is a muscle and, you know, you have to train it and you have to keep on, 
basically practice makes better. Um, penile rehabilitation. Yes, penile <laughs> rehab. Yeah, it is. It. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of funny because like some people listening to this would be like, oh my God, that's like, you're basically saying like you have to like masturbate all day long. It's like, well... <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, maybe for some, but the more you do it, the better you get at it, right? Yeah, and And even with the color, even with the color mm -hmm. of when he does ejaculate, like that took some time and still takes time. Um, If it's been a while, the color gets discolored. I want to say like blood within sitting there when you get cast, um, it just kind of changes things. So you have to, again, practice using that muscle to even help get the healthy result. Yeah, so I think that's really important for our it audience is. to hear today is that don't be discouraged if a you're not successful. I mean, what are you trying to achieve in the first place? What are you mm-hmm. looking for? Um, yeah. Just keep going with it and don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be, um, you know, don't be discouraged. And it sounds like Laura has said, get the black rhino if you do <laughs> want to go it. Yeah, and he actually just recently started using Viagra. He's like, let me just give it a try. He had tried other products like Cialis and that was just not working for him. So that's when he found found the Black Rhino. But now he's kind of a big fan of Viagra. So I think, again, we can be sharing our story, but things will look so different for every couple. Uh, This is just what is working for us. And even with conceiving, it's like there is nothing wrong with however you start your family so just be encouraged be excited and just enjoy each other like don't allow even if you if it is SEI an interabled couple or not like people will have can have a hard time conceiving and we just assumed we would and we were you know we want to have more maybe one more baby at least and we don't know if that's going to look even completely different from this last experience yeah. So just kind of go with the flow. Right. And I like what you said about the Viagra versus Cialis. Cause it's, it's interesting. We're, um, I just participated in, uh, it's called after dark with the United Spinal Association. We were talking about sex and, and a lot of women were saying the same thing on that. They were saying that there's, there was such a difference between Viagra and Cialis. Some like the Viagra, some hated the Viagra, some like the Cialis. So it's important to try all those different variations. Would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And do it in a way that is, you know, safe for you. I think it could, you could get eager and just a little overwhelmed where maybe you're not taking things correctly or not taking Mm -hmm. care of yourself to, to help with the process. Um, But yeah, just don't feel discouraged. Just experiment. That's, I guess the best word I could say is, and, you know, enjoy that experimenting together as with your partner. And get out of your head a little bit too, right? Yeah. Maybe you got to like loosen up. But I think that you can also take like a daily dose of what is it, the Viagra? Um, or you could take like a kind of like one-stop shop, pop it and get going. So there are lots of different variations. Get the information, get the education and mm-hmm. don't be too much in your head. So thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. And this episode is brought to you by Black Rhino. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Brought to you by yeah, Cialis and Viagra. Not, it's not, I'm kidding. <laughs> How exciting. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> name drop, name no. drop. No, that's so funny. Um, okay, so we wanted to kind of shift into your, um, 
kind of like what you do to make sure that not only your relationship is continuing being healthy, but also like, how do you keep yourself healthy mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically? What are some tips that you have for other women to just like find success as far as just keeping themselves balanced in their own lives? Um, I would definitely say it's for me, it started with boundaries, um, setting boundaries within my relationship for myself and with other people and us within the SEI world, you can a lot of times have a lot of people in your puzzle, in your SEI puzzle, like to make things work and to navigate this life and make it as smooth as possible. So it started with, I, I realized I was creating a lot of stress for myself, trying to carry maybe the opinions of others, carry the um, judgment. And for Aaron, he's such like a, a peacemaker, will do anything for everyone. Um, started to just be okay with maybe even like financially caring loved ones. And um, it just ended up weighing on us as a couple. So we kind of had to really find that balance and both get on the same page to create boundaries. That was something I just, I have always been a people pleaser and I am a recovering people pleaser, just totally changing that game where I had, you know, as now a wife and a mom, I had to like put my foot down and as uh, almost like an activist for my husband and advocate we just had to put our foot down and say, okay, this isn't working for us. This is not, this is not serving our life as a couple, our future. We ended up without even realizing it, we're sacrificing a lot of our own needs. It could have been Aaron's medical needs or just cool things that he could have used cool trips. We could have gone on together because we were just trying to make sure everything was convenient, comfortable and financially okay for everyone else. So once we set that down, it's like, okay, a weight is lifted. Now we can truly invest in our home, in ourselves. And that was a huge thing that we had to overcome. And we're still working on that. And for me, as as trying to wear all these hats, as many of, of you women out there are doing, no matter um, what your life situation looks like, I had to take care of myself. I had to realize like these are things that are not working for me. I have things that I need to just change and take better care of myself because in this SEI life as a partner of someone with a spinal cord injury, it's so easy to just put someone else's needs ahead of your own and your needs do matter. Your self-care is the only way you can fill up your cup and whatever else overflows out of it, that is for other people. So fill yourself up. I had to get myself in check. I had to make sure, am I exercising? Like that's what makes me feel good daily. Like I need that. I allowed the stress and just eating whatever I could when I could become a thing. And, you know, I, I think my body along with stress kind of took that on and, physically, I ended up getting like adult acne. And that's something that I'm trying to deal with. But it's because I didn't even allow myself to just 
have like basic needs and allow myself time to take care of myself. And now as a mom, that reflects into my son, like the the stress levels need to just be down and I want to enjoy life with him, life with my husband. So I think self-care, setting boundaries and giving yourself more grace is just a huge shouldn't even be something you even have to think about. It just you have to implement it into your life to be able to live a healthier, happy life for yourself. And that reflects on how you take care of other people or how you are in different relationships and just how you better serve. So yeah. hopefully if that answers your question, but that was amazing. Yeah. And I feel like that's self-care for women in our situation. It's, it's, like we preach about it, you know, we share experiences about it, about how important it is to look after yourself and not feel selfish and figure out what works for you. Um, even though you are a caregiver, it doesn't mean you have to sacrifice all that you are in order to care for mm-hmm. someone. And I think that's a big misconception. It's like, yeah, you could care for somebody, be a primary caregiver, but still not sacrifice yourself and still do what it takes to make sure that you're you're okay. Because I hate to say it, if you don't, like you were talking about, it comes out as as acne, it comes out as weight gain, it comes out as, you know, other health issues that don't have to be there, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's finding that balance and make like carving out that time for yourself, whether it's 10 minutes, whatever you can, honestly, whatever you can do. And that probably maybe sounds cliche or cheesy. But I do I have moments where I, I will, I honestly, like I tell Aaron, I say, I need a minute. And that's kind of like a quote that I just use and that we're both comfortable with and finding that way to communicate that with your partner. I need a minute. I need 10 minutes or let's carve out this time where you have the baby and I can squeeze in a quick like online workout that I do Mm -hmm. or meditation apps. Like while I'm showering, I never like sit there and do a meditation app, but I will have my calm breathing app going and I'm trying to do that while I'm multitasking. So just really finding what works and even being able to communicate that is huge. I found myself even um, trying to figure out when we Aaron and I were trying to really navigate like setting boundaries. I'm like, how can we, how can we have this conversation without feeling, um, you know, defensive on either end? And I ended up starting to just journal on my phone And then I would text him. I would text him whatever I wrote just so he could read it. There's no heated discussion or no debate, but just this is how I'm feeling. And it could be related to, you know, just feeling um, overwhelmed and wanting time and needing to address different issues. So that way we could be better together and better for our son. And that's where it totally begins is being honest and having communication. That is, I think, the hardest part for many of us human beings on this planet is communication and not taking things, you know, out of perspective and just being really honest and true. And, you know, like you said, I need a minute. Sometimes I need 100 minutes. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, if that's the way it goes, you just roll with it roll with the punches, right? They say, but no, I love that. I love that. That is a great piece of advice for everybody listening is communicate and find a way that communication isn't insulting and, Mm -hmm. 
and not stirring up more crap. You know, you can communicate with love and coming out of a place of caring because at the end of the day, you are communicating and taking that time because you do care, not because you know, the opposite where you want to fight. It's because you do care and you love your person. So thank you for that, Laura. Very well said. I I also really like what you said about how you meditate in the shower. I think that's so key. I think it's so key because people think, oh, you need to chunk out an hour long time where you sit there in silence and people can't make the time to do it. But it's not really about that. It's more like what you said, finding what works for you in your life to help you to get centered and relaxed. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks you should do, right? Whatever makes you get to that place of, okay, I feel good. I feel centered. This works for me. Even if it's in the shower, that's freaking great advice. Or even when you're eating a croissant and you just like have a bite and close your eyes and you're like, I just need to meditate because I'm eating this delicious croissant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Enjoy every bite. (laughs) You deserve it. And that's the thing is like, we deserve it. We all deserve that. Our partners do ourselves. There is nothing wrong with that. And it could feel so bad when you think that you are being selfish. It's no, you're being, you're bettering yourself so you can be better for the rest of the world or the people in your world. We need that. We need more of that. Yeah. That's just, that's just toxic conditioning that comes from a place of outside of your home, outside of yourself, outside of your relationship, that it's selfish to be mindful, well, mindful in your relationship and to take time for yourself. Cause it's not, it makes you a better person. It makes you love stronger and harder. Yeah, exactly. And it's very, it's interesting because when, you know, you read the books, you listen to the Deepak Chopra's of the world, you, you listen to people who know about mindfulness and know about finding your center and what you need to do with your mind to make your physical life better, or your physical life more just happier and more content and peaceful. And, you know, they all say relatively the same thing. Like you have to find that space of what works for you. And all you can really do is work on yourself. Like you can't help somebody else. Like I, I feel like that's a huge thing in our community is, is women think that, you know, in order to help their partner work through a tough time that they're going through, they have to sacrifice themselves, they have to give them pieces of themselves until they're left with nothing, right? But it doesn't work. I know I've been there. I've been there during the first two years of my husband's uh, injury. It was like, I literally sacrificed everything in order to try and make him happy and fill those voids that he had to fill for himself, right? So I feel like it's really important what you're saying. It can be so easy to, to just, yeah, put everyone else's needs ahead of your own. But yeah, it, it honestly, it starts with you and you could be like that reflection of, of other people, like being able to like catch on to that of, okay, like you're, you don't have to be a total, you know, we don't have to be completely stressed and overwhelmed. And a lot of times you do need, you need help, even if you need help and maybe you and your partner are on that same page it's trying to find that balance and setting those boundaries even for yourself as a wag. It's like, okay, but I need the help. Right. I I need this so that we can, you know, just coming to that compromise of what works for you and uh, your partner or you and your family. 
So moving actually from what you're saying here is we usually like to kind of wrap things up in our podcast episode with what is the one piece of advice that you would give to another WAG? One piece of advice that has helped you through navigating your life from a very young age. What would you say it is? It sounds like you've basically said it, but if you could say anything else, what would it be? Oh, I don't know. I'm like getting emotional. (laughs) Um, I I would just say, um, oh my gosh. Oh, um, this is good. This is so good. Seriously. (laughs) Um, Thank you for, thank you for being so honest and just rolling with us. This is real life people. I think because it can be such like an emotional journey, the good, the bad, um, uh, you know, the hard times it's, um, just being able to like fall in love with your life, like fall in love with it. If you want to be that person who gets up and exercises, even for five minutes, 10 minutes, um, go grab like a cup of coffee, just, just fall in love with your life with yourself. And then you as your partner, like you guys are going through some crazy wild rides and, this is the only life we have. This is the life we have to make the best of. And it can be such a beautiful life. Like, honestly, if you let it, the people who come into your world, whether it was doctors or physical therapists or caregivers, um, we've had, you know, our, we've had a caregiver who was in Aaron's bridal. He was in our bridal party. He was Aaron's groomsman. Like that's something, these are people in our life that we would have never met. So just trying to find that sense of appreciation and understanding that this life was meant to happen for you. Like stop trying to fight it. Stop trying to stay in that place of this is what should have been, or this is what life looked like before. Mm -hmm. That's something you're going to mourn, but try to find beauty in it. Try to find this realization that you are doing something that is probably so hard, but you're doing it and you are tackling it like a badass. (laughs) Like you are just amazing. So being able to live this life and just find new ways to adventure together, find new ways to laugh together, laugh on your own. And if, you know, maybe it's something, maybe your partner can't physically do, that doesn't mean like you necessarily can't have those experiences with a friend or family member just treat yourself with grace and love and excitement um, because you're killing it. It's hard. And I just think like, don't rely your happiness specifically on your partner. Like hopefully you two together can, can make this like such a beautiful life together. And uh, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm work. I say this because I'm working on it. I'm actively I working on it. And it is something like a muscle. You have to grow it. You have to practice. You're going to, you know, hurt sometimes, but it doesn't have to be so hard and so heavy. Like allow yourself to like have releases to be able to enjoy and have fun. And for me, it's, you know, motherhood has been such a treat to both of us because we're finding new ways to, you know, we had a baby. Amazing. We didn't know if we would be able to, but now we're here. So what are we going to do with that? I love being able to see just this life we're creating. And I think being able to enjoy that and not compare, not, not embrace too much of social media and what life looks like for other people. 
you have to just enjoy what is yours and create something that you love with the people who you love. That's right. And I love that you said that you never know. Brooke even has a tattoo of this, you know, accept your fate. You never know where your life will take you. And don't sit around in resentment in that sadness and pick it up, create a new normal, laugh together, love together, create a family together if you're yeah. able to. And if that's something that you want. So very well said, Laura. And what is your most favorite part about being a parent? Oh, it is just it's I think for a wag I love being able to see just creative ways my son and my husband can interact together but I also try not to let myself feel defeated by that of like oh I wish Aaron and and Cruz could do this together of course I feel that let yourself feel that but on the other end when those nights where we get home and I get to carry my son carry him on my shoulders carry his, you know, cute little sleepy body on me. Like I appreciate that. And those are maybe experiences I wouldn't have had otherwise, you know, Aaron would probably swoop him up in an instant. And, and I know he would absolutely love to be able to do that, but it's those sweet moments where maybe I'm going to be the one that's going to teach him how, well, Aaron will tell us how, but I'll show him how to hold the football and how to, um, you know, score his first soccer goal. It's us working together as a team to just create this new way of parenting that may look different than we would have ever expected, but not being saddened by it, be excited and kind of just embrace it in a way that again, you're, you're not, you're not, yes, you're not sad by it. You're just trying to make it work and finding your new norm. That's so important. Find your new norm. Get out of your head of being in this, what normal would look like. That's something I definitely had to grow out of and constantly still kind of struggle with, but it's something where this is your norm. Everyone's norm looks so different. So don't be defeated by that. Yeah, no kidding. And you know, something, I'm not a parent myself, but as someone who like is observing a lot of women who are parents in my situation, I I see that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your child is not going to know any different. This is going to be like who his dad is, no matter what. He's not going to know that it could have been something else, right? So it's kind of like that'll give him a perspective that is just so inclusive and wide and broad, and it'll help him to ultimately be a more understanding, compassionate individual, right? Absolutely. And just love people for who they are, love people for who they are. And, um, I, we want him to be proud, like, Oh, like, look what my dad and I can do. You know, it's, there are some really cool parts of it and kids love, like my son loves my husband's wheelchair. Like he loves it. They get to literally cruise around and sometimes yeah, I it's a race car. Like, wait. I was like, how do I, <laughs> I'm like, wait for me. <laughs> um, but no, the, that is really cute. It's hot it's wheels, a, right? That's what the neighbors hot wheels. Call, call Dan's wheelchair. Hot wheels. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, just being able to talk to each other about, Oh, like I think COVID kind of brought out these different waves of emotions of, at first we're like, okay, everyone is kind of at a standstill. Like no one can go to these beaches and this or that where we felt things were equalized. 
and then things picked back up again and people started finding, you know, back to getting back to hiking trails and beaches, things that maybe are physically harder for us. And we had to allow ourselves to feel that like, oh, I feel kind of sad. We haven't felt that in a long time. Like we wish we could take cruise and do this or that. Um, but do that, like find things that you can do together and make those memories together. It's so easy to just sit there and swipe on your phone, put your phone down and, or pick up your phone and research. Like let's, what can we do? Where can we go? I know that's hard with COVID, but uh, whatever you safely feel comfortable with. And we ended up just getting in our car. And right now we're in Oregon. We're an Oregon visiting family because we knew that the beaches are open. Um, Palm Springs is way too hot for us right now. And we want to have memories with our son. But maybe the beach, Aaron and I can't just go walk on the sand together with our son. So we came to Oregon where we can be outside, not in 110 degree heat and just enjoy each other and make those memories with our son. So not being defeated, finding ways that make you happy and fill up your cup. Beautifully said. And spending time with your family always fills your heart. So that's a very, very good point, Laura. I was going to say, welcome to our weather bubble, Laura. You are on the <laughs> Pacific Northwest. Actually, Portland <laughs> Portland is quite a bit, or Oregon is quite a bit warmer. I would say usually like around, what, five degrees warmer than here, but it still rains a lot and it still has that unique crisp feel in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Waking up, not being hot must be a huge change for you guys, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and we're fresh air. Rest. Yeah. We're yeah. Rest. So anything even in like, like the 70s, Aaron yeah. has his beanie on. And of course, with with his body, he, he needs heat. So he'll pack in like his little hand heaters or yeah, hand warmers. Um, just the ones that you, I think you just open and they, yeah. they they're warm. Yeah. He puts them in his beanie. Like he's ready to go. Oh, that's then, so funny. Yeah. So we're just trying to get out of our, any funk, allow ourselves to like communicate that to each other and find a way to like be comfortable having those conversations and then it it creates better memories and happier moments for us and then we feel proud like look at us like we got in the car we came to Oregon we're enjoying and our son is just having a blast and there is like no better feeling Oh, that's so amazing. Well, I mean, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on um, and for taking this time to just talk to us. I know that you're going to make the day or the week or the month of so many women. You definitely made my day. Um, Just being able to talk to you and just feel that light and that positivity coming through. um, It's just, it's super refreshing. And it just shows everyone that's listening right now, including myself, including Elena, that this life does not need to defeat you. Life does not need to be hard. Life does not need to be a struggle. You can take those struggles and make them into something extremely beautiful, like you've just shown us over the past hour. So thank you so much again for coming on. And, you know, we hope that you enjoy the rest of your trip in the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you guys. Thank you so much. I just feel so blessed to have found you and that you've created this community where I find myself growing stronger because of it. And being comfortable saying no to things, being encouraged to say yes to things like traveling. And 
I'm just so grateful for you girls. Like you've created a sisterhood, a bond, and again, a support group that we all now have, no matter what our age, no matter how far into this SEI life we are. So kudos to you. I applaud you and I am just, I can't thank you enough, truly. So, and you're making time out of your schedules to do this for us. So we We love it. This is is what we love to do because this group has given us so, so much more back in return that we could have ever imagined. So a hundred percent, it's full circle. You know, what's even cooler is that this podcast, like the reason we're doing this in the first place is that these episodes are going to be available until we take them down, which is Mm -hmm. probably we're going to leave them forever because this is a resource that, you know, we need to have these things out there for women. Like you never know in a couple of years who's going to be listening to this podcast, right? And how many lives is going to change. So thank you once again. Um, Say hi to Aaron and to Cruz from us. And, um, you know, thank him for you know, being vulnerable. I know you guys have always been very open about your lives. And so we just really appreciate you sharing your insights because we know it's going to help so many people. So thank you again. And for everyone else, please tune in next time to the Wags of SCI podcast. And we thank you so much for listening. The advocacy and outreach group Wags of SCI is currently a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our WAGs, including counseling, and our amazing meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website, wagsofsci.com, or donate directly to the WAGs of SCI GoFundMe page. We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of SCI couples worldwide.